So I'm going to just call myself out right off the top. Toby and TJ were talking about permanent rivals. I, it completely spaced my mind that we've got what is perceived to be one more year of one plus seven in the SEC. So tonight at 6 o'clock when the SEC schedule is officially released with dates, and I don't think we'll have a ton of start times, but we'll have more than we typically do. They're not going to be, I think, too caught up in talking about that one-year permanent rival. Just th- This is what I'm getting from boatloads of of research here during that three-minute commercial break because I had planned to open with Caden Green News. Oh, we got to call KJ Kindler, too. Here, let me send you her number. I'm glad I th- – this completely and totally dominated all my, con- all, all my thoughts right before we came on the air. Good morning, Connor Pasby. How are you? Good morning, Plank. How was your night? Um, we went and looked at Christmas lights, so it was a go. little, it was a little bit, I don't know, Christmassy, I think is the best way to put it. Where do you go for Christmas lights? Well, last night was just the Downs family Christmas deal. So we went and watched the lights blink with the songs. That was, uh, that's always one of my favorite things. And when I constantly yell at people to turn off their headlights, for kids to stay in their car like they're supposed to. Don't you listen to the announcements, people? I sent you her number. We'll call her here shortly. But uh, I in in tonight's schedule release, remember, we're still just playing an eight-game conference schedule. So all of those things that we spent countless uh, radio segments on during the offseason and leading up to the SEC of who should be Oklahoma's three permanent rivals and then the announcement of who those three permanent rivals would be, that's irrelevant because we're still playing – an eight-game schedule. Did you get the number? Yeah. I got the number. Okay, we, we need to call her now, by the way. I'm sorry. So, I, like many of you, I, like many of you, would love to see Oklahoma LSU or Oklahoma Missouri on Rivalry Weekend. Now, I got to tell you something. I would love to see something consistent for Oklahoma on that Friday before, or that Friday, not Friday, I guess I should say, it's Saturday after Thanksgiving. But I also don't like the idea of back-to-back Alabama and then a trip to LSU. And with, I mean, Missouri was really good this year, so Alabama with a trip to Missouri. But we'll talk about it all coming up on an SEC schedule release day edition of the Plank Show. But we kick things off by saying good morning to the champion. But now, I don't know, KJ Kindler, uh, OU Women's Gymnastics, when did you stop? Like celebrating, I mean, it was it was instant, right after the championship because you were on to twenty twenty four. How you doing, Coach? I missed you. Things rolling? Yeah, things are going really well. Um, and and yeah, we stopped right away. I mean, I'm sure the team celebrated a much longer than the staff did. We had um, we had a lot of recruiting to do and and wanted to capitalize off that moment for sure. I know you've you've long put it in the rear view, but when you reflect on the last couple of seasons and what this team has done. I mean, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your memories? How does that feel? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I, I've often said it's so interesting because going back to back, is so difficult. Uh, you know, we've won six championships, two were back to back, but I just remember, you know, there's always that intense pressure after you win to want to win again. And the comparison of the two championships from 22 to 23 were just so immensely different, not just the journey, um, but also the actual championship, you know? So 
there's just, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of memories. I, I, I feel like I could be in the moment. Maybe when I'm like 70 or 80 years old, I'll still remember the moment as vividly as I do today. But um, I feel like I could just be in the moment if I close my eyes and, and feel all those feelings. So, I mean, it was, it was an incredible journey. Um, our team led the whole meet, um, but it, it's difficult to lead. You know, I almost think the year before when we came from behind was more glorious, right? Right. Because it was like capturing it at the last second. But at the same time, you know, the ability to lead and keep your lead the whole time, too, is, is probably more difficult, probably more difficult and uh, a little bit more stressful. You know, you want to you want to hang on to that lead. There's there's a little bit of that going on, but just an incredible team, you know, so proud of those women and our seniors that we lost and, um, you know, missing them, of course. When do you, in your mind, start thinking about the next season or the next year's rotation? I mean, are you so ingrained, Coach Kindler, in what's going on in season that your mind doesn't wander with, okay, I'm not going to have her on the beam or her on the bars. I mean, when do you start, and is it just a constant thing because it's the the health of the program when you start thinking about what's 24 going to look like or what's 25 going to look like? I mean, as a coach, you're always projecting forward. So you can always see, like for me specifically as the beam coach, knowing that my first two athletes up were seniors, um, and, and me feeling that that position first up on beam is so important. You know, I've been – I've been thinking about that for a year and a half because I, I knew that last year would be our last year with Jenna and Olivia. So I think you're always projecting forward thinking, you know, not that you're not in the moment, but you know, cause you're recruiting, you're out there recruiting for these positions and you know what you have to replace. And, and on beam for this season, that's probably the, the biggest impact is, the difference on balance beam and trying to find that athlete that will be your starter and um, and really get the team off uh, to a good beginning, you know. How you feeling then about what you have there? What have you seen? I know you had your uh, interest squad and you've had a full off season, but do you feel pretty set on the beam? No, <laughs> I don't. I <laughs> thanks for asking. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I just think that I'm still, I'm still, we're still kind of going back and forth on what our options might be there and what the best decision to make is. And, you know, we're trying different things. And I think that, you know, you have to do that. You know, you can't, you can't just have tunnel vision on this one situation because that can change at any time. And um, so, no, not totally said. I think we have some ideas and like strategies and, and things that we're still, you know, batting around, but um, th- we have so many good balance beam performers. I mean, uh, at inner squad, we also competed a few routines before anyone got there. The judges were early, um, and we had them watch, you know, some of our depth on those events, and, and the audience wasn't able to see those. But we had a couple nine nines on beam from Amy Weir and newcomer Kira Wells. I mean, those they scored a nine, they scored a nine nine, and that's that's incredibly impressive. And so there's some consideration, you know, definitely outside of the top eight. I, I really think we are, we're very strong, have good depth. Um, so, you know, lots of decisions to make still. So with that in mind, where, um, as we approach the start of the season, where is KJ Kindler feeling the most confident in what she has rotation-wise, roster-wise? Well, I think <clears> – <throat> 
I think Vault is most impressive right now just because uh, we have so many 10-0 start values, and, and that's definitely something that, um, you know, all coaches across the country are are aiming for, and it's a very difficult thing to do. And we do have six starters with one and a half, but we also have some depth there, seven and eight and nine that also have 10-0 start values. And, and some people who have come around here in their final year, Regan Smith, I mean, she's a fifth year, and she's n- – not in her last four years been able to do a one and a half on vault, and she worked really hard in the off season and has one now. So we have some um, some some good depth there. That that to me is most impressive. Um, but I would say everywhere we're we're very much an all around team. We're strong on all four events. Um, yeah, and we have some newcomers that are really going to make a huge impact. Kira Wells and Hannah Shibley. The two of them are are definitely going to be on two to three events, um, and if they're not on the event, they're they're going to be the alternate knocking on the door. Um, great competitive experience, really calm under pressure. I liked what I saw at the inner squad in terms of how they competed, and I'm really excited to add them to the mix. So uh, KJ Kindler is our guest as we count down to the start of the OU women's gymnastics season. I I feel like we're late, but eventually we're going to get to the point where we are kicking off our Tuesday shows with Coach Kindler. I I've just got to know in general for you personally, has it been normal? Has it been more harried? Has it been more crazy? What has this offseason been compared like to the previous ones? And uh, your, your daughter is now getting older. The, the, the kids are getting older. I know Lou's now healthy after, what, rupturing his Achilles. For, <laughs> for you personally, how has the offseason been? Um, the offseason's been really calm, actually. Uh, recruiting went really well. And <clears throat> and uh, we, we really put some kind of new strategies into place. I really feel good about it. Um, Health-wise, the team has been relatively healthy. We have a few things here and there, but those will be remedied. And um, I, I, I'm really, I, I feel actually unbelievably calm. <laughs> and we have a really hard schedule coming up. And, and there's lots of, I'm sure, challenges on the way, but feel like we're in a really good place. Um, I love the chemistry of this team. I love their camaraderie. I love the way they're they're kind of feeding off each other. My senior class is just so incredibly strong in leadership, seven seniors, which is huge, um, and really does sometimes take, you know, the pressure off the staff because they're really, you know, pulling the reins a lot, and that's really exciting to see that kind of leadership. And you can't buy that, you know. You can't recruit it. You don't know. And uh, these women are really, um, you know, taking charge, and I love that. Who's um uh, two more? Because I know you're busy, and I appreciate your time. And then I'll get you out of here, Coach. Number one, uh, last year you were you were telling us, hey, this this roster obviously is loaded with experience and with talent, but keep an eye on Fe Torres, keep an eye on the freshmen. And sure enough, they <laughs> they both ended up contributing in major ways. Is there a newcomer that's really caught your eye, or someone we need to be keeping an eye out for as uh, of the noobs? I would say, you know, we saw Faith really um, do an incredible job last year, but she is on fire, like (laughs) better than she has ever been. Um, She's only a sophomore, but I I really think she's kind of come into her own. Her personality is really showing through. Um, And I think she'll do all four events. 
which wow. she did not do last year. She was kind of in and out of vaults, in and out of bars. Um, and I would say she's a staple in those lineups now. So really excited about the progress she's made in the offseason. Um, but, but as I mentioned earlier, Kira Wells and Hannah Shibley, both are national vault champions. And both are in the vault lineup. And both received nine nines at the inner squad in their very first meet ever. Like those two are dynamos. They're very powerful. Um, I can, we're going to see Kira on floor, vault, and possibly beam. We're going to see Hannah on beam, bars, and vault, possibly floor. You know, these two uh, are very similar to Faith uh, from last year. They have a lot of promise. Super excited about them. And then you have Jordan, Danny, Reagan, Audrey Davis, <laughs> Catherine Lavaster, who also uh, did all around in the inner squad. So um, a really great, strong, you know, group of, of uh, returners, too. It's going to be real weird. It, it, it was odd in 2021 to look out there and not see Maggie. I still haven't. I still haven't kind I of. I still. <laughs> I still haven't compartmentalized what it's going to be watching an OU women's gymnastics meet without Olivia Troutman out there, right? I know. Because you know, I know. but I, I feel like everywhere I go, I see Olivia Troutman now. By the way, but what yeah. what, what I wanted to wrap well, with is that consistency of your coaching staff, right? Obviously, lose my guy, even though he's a Steelers fan. I just saw Tom at the football game last week. Ashley's been incredible, but for you. To have the consistency in your support staff, uh, Melissa back, to see Lindsay Morrison back running the media relations side of that, um, you know, I, I know that that's always kind of been a it, it, an unsung hero, right, in having that director of ops that's consistent, to have that leadership away from the how, – how important is that for you to have some consistency in that world too? Uh, first of all, I, I would say, I mean, I, I'm incredibly blessed by this staff, and I'll tell you, like, you look around the country, and I don't care what sport it is, that to keep your staff together for the the length of time that we have is unheard of. Yeah. It's absolutely unheard of. And so I feel super honored that they have chosen to stay. Many of them could have gone on to head coaching careers at this point, and I'm sure um, that Ashley has those, definitely has those ambitions for sure. Um, and, and I certainly want that, but I'm also just, I feel so blessed that they're all here and sticking around. And, and it's not just the coaching staff, like you mentioned. It's our SID. It's our uh, director of ops, Melissa, who really takes the stress off the everyday stuff. Um, and Olivia Troutman, now the student coach. So I guess you're going to see Whoa, her on the Whoa, let's still. go. <laughs> she won't be in a leotard, but <laughs> she has been um, like Lou's right-hand woman on vault. And so awesome. She's been helping with vault. It's really cool to see um, and helping us a little bit on beam when it's not a vault day. So super excited to have her on board. I, I also believe her ambition is to coach and, and to move forward and, and get a position in, in college coaching. So super excited to have her on board. So, I, I mean, I, I just feel super blessed that um, all these people have stuck around all this, <laughs> all this time and helped this program become what it is today. You're the best. Thanks for kicking off the show the right way, and I look forward to getting you back here on Tuesdays, Coach. All right, I'll be there next week. Can't wait. Book it. There you go. She's awesome. Also, I had a Boyd Street article that just got – That helped a lot. <laughs> we have a um, – I don't know if we talk about this. Both Connor and I – Do you? how many articles do you write about a month for Boyd Street? Oh, uh – 
it, it me, varies, for, right? For me, it's about once every two months. Oh, okay. We okay. don't we don't write a whole bunch. For okay, 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 side. okay. I do two articles a month, and it's and it's some of my greatest joy. I love writing. I love to write. My daughter, my my nine year old daughter, this morning has taken an interest in creative writing. I feel like it expands my mind. I feel like it, you know, challenges me to to dig a little deeper, and, and it makes me a better radio host. But man, I hate the process of starting to write. It's just the absolute worst. I, I come in here every day as long as I don't forget my fob. I fly in. Sometimes I grab a coffee. Sometimes I get it from the Goldsby store, and I'm ready to go. There's no, I want to do anything but radio. Writing? I want to do anything but starting to write. Once I do, it's fine. I absolutely am ecstatic about KJ getting back on a regular basis. And plus, we get to gossip. That's my other favorite part. We gossip during commercial break, so take that. All right, quick break. We have so much to get to. So we started a little bit on the SEC schedule tonight. Connor, 10 a.m. hour has been what? Transfer portal time. It has. Right. And we got an addition. We got to talk about Caden Green jumping in the portal and what it means. But I also, for you at 10 a.m., came up with my dream schedule for 2024. I went through, I looked at the dates, I I, I think I did it right. <laughs> we'll, we'll all find out together, but I've got, I've got how I would like for it to look tonight, and then I think the most intriguing question is what Toby talked about and what we've been talking about the last few days. Do we see something develop for Oklahoma on Rivalry Weekend? And, and I'll explain coming up next. With Connor Pasby, I'm Chris Plank. This is The Ref. Felt like we kind of came in hot there, thanks to KJ Kindler. We immediately had the SEC scheduling debate, and then we flew right into KJ Kindler. I think the most important question that needs to be asked: We are, let's see, Thursday. We're three days away, right? Are you getting married Saturday or Friday night? Monday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're doing Five it on a days week, away. weekday. Yeah, we're doing it on a weekday. I think that's brilliant. By the way, cheaper. Is it? Yes. How wore out are you? Buy about a grand. (laughs) Good call. How wore out are you right now? Are you just tired or is it? Yeah, well, it helps out. We we got everything done like pretty early. Good. But we're still working on a few things. But yeah, it's pretty good right now. Have you had the an an angry phone call from anyone yet about their role or lack of role? Or I mean, if you don't want to air this on the air, I completely understand. I I actually have not. No no complaints or yeah, no negativity. I I had the same thing um, for the most part. In one of my marriages. <laughs> the second one, oh boy. The second one, everyone was ready to fight. But it ended up being a glorious day. I think I think everyone has their bridezilla, uh, mother-in-law, Zilla, whatever. Uh, not first lady, what's it called? Maid of honor, Zilla, yeah. best man, whatever it might be. Everyone, want, they get it out of the way if they have it, and then it's a gorgeous wedding day. Now it's just about hoping everything goes smoothly. Oh, it will. I and and by the way, for those who don't know, we are leading up to Friday's best marital advice we can give Connor show, because there's no football game. Well, there's seven bowl games on Saturday, but I'm I'm just I'm really excited for you. Thanks, Blake. I really yeah. am. I really am, dude. Um, it tra- from someone who screwed up a marriage and has a beautiful, brilliant marriage. Right, uh, well, I mean, for the most part, a good marriage right now. I I can tell you that it's it's really awesome to see how happy you are now. We did have a little shocker, and I want to share a text that I got yesterday 
from good friend of the program, Steve Braun, whom I love. And if and I know this, if anything, I know Steve Braun will always be there to give me feedback. And randomly, randomly out of nowhere, I saw Steve at a home football game this year. I was like, you didn't even tell me you were coming to town. He writes, as of 3.03 p.m. yesterday, I blame you for the Caden Green transfer after you said during your show, if these are the only portal defections, then we're doing all right. We, we did, Mitch. Fair. Fair. Um, it, it's, it's funny because I don't think that anyone – could have fathomed this being a possibility. But I got I got a little digging to do for tomorrow's show, and th- this just hit me whenever I was driving in this morning. Uh, or maybe some of our crack researchers. I see uh, Gunny, the highest-ranking member, or the highest member of the Plank Platoon, has already checked in. So maybe, maybe one of our high-ranking officials that might be higher-ranking then – Gunny could help me out. Bill Beanbow talked about this on Coach's Corner. Not Caden Green leaving, but the process of if he was going to be a tackle or a guard, right? And Bill Beanbow even said, hey, there's a lot of things that go into that decision. He goes, the, the player has a role in it because the portal is is real. You know, it's something that you want to – always be cognizant of and I just I don't know why that just registered with me so much I don't think Bill Beanbow had concerns at that point that Kane Green might be in the portal but I think it just spoke to that 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 portion of you now I'm not gonna lie Connor Pasby I didn't immerse myself in the Twitter reaction to this last night like I did the reaction to uh, the Dylan Gabriel stuff and how people were just oh sky is falling in Norman what's going on, so I don't I don't know where most of the vitriol and and disdain for this happening, but I don't I don't think if this is a fight because I know most people it's about the bag I don't think this is something to where Caden Green said I want to play tackle and Oklahoma said no. Right, yeah. You go back to like uh, when Braden Presley left Oklahoma State. Right, I'm just using this as an example. He wanted to play running back, be more involved in the running game, and the theory was Oklahoma State was like, yeah, no, you're you're gonna be a wide receiver. Tulsa gave him that opportunity to be a true Swiss Army knife. So, I I don't think that's what's going on here. I I also. You know, I, can I can I sneak one more text in here? And I, I hope this person doesn't mind me editing it just a little bit because, A, I don't want to get everyone mad at me right away. But so as I understand it, this text this morning, if you come to OU, it's because of opportunity. If you leave OU, you were either processed or the bag man slash boogeyman got you. <laughs> I... I will say this. There is two things I can tell you for certain that your boy did a little Big J journo work on this morning. Number one, this was unexpected. 
This was unexpected. Completely right? out of left field. It was, and I think that we're going to play a little bit of the, the player, the post-practice player availability yesterday, and there were players that didn't even know. So that, to me, is really shocking. That, that raises a few red flags, right? But I, I also, you know, once the season is over, I don't know how tight they are. I, if you were leaving the station, I feel like that we would at least have a text conversation or something about it, right? Or if not, a phone call. Um, the fact that this dude would go in the portal and had been – it blindsided someone like McCain Matoyer, that – I don't know if they talk every day, right? I, I don't know. But there's group chats. There's – I don't know if they use GroupMe. I'm on GroupMe for everything. But it's out there. It, so it would be surprising to me that there wouldn't be some sort of, huh, that's what he's – yeah, we thought that might be a possibility. But number one, this was a surprise. Here's number two. They're not done trying to keep him here. There's no where Oklahoma has said, oh, he's in the portal by or processed. If that's, that's become my new favorite term. So I, I don't know the why. I mean, maybe it is a situation to where someone got in contact with either his representatives and said, if he gets in the portal, here's what he can get here. And guess what? Guess what? He's going to be a left tackle. There's not going to be any debate whatsoever. I, I don't I don't know, right? I'm not going to pretend to have a pipeline in that world, nor do I think that is healthy, nor do I think it's good to speculate. I just I just don't. I think it's I think it's really potentially detrimental, especially if the kid ends up coming back. But what's the what's the line that Steelman played yesterday from uh one of the corners for the Rams when he's like uh, I said Marcus Peters, I said we ain't finished yet, or I yeah. don't think we're finished, or we're not finished, right? I don't think Oklahoma is finished in this fight for Caden Green. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but they're not going to give up on a kid. It's just weird for a true freshman, I mean, who started seven games at the University of Oklahoma up front on the offensive line. Freshman To captain. jump in the portal like that. And what, four or five days ago, I think I saw him. He tweeted something out to Spencer Brown about congratulating him and welcoming him to uh, – Sooner Nation. So, I mean, something had to happen. He immediately has to become, like, one of the number one guys in the portal right now. I mean, a a true freshman with, I guess you could, you know, listen, I, I thought he was so good. I thought he was going to be one of those guys that we were we were going to see leaving early. So, when I say still three years of eligibility in a red shirt, I don't – I mean – who not? Who knows? So it's it's a weird situation, but I would just I would add this: I don't I don't think Oklahoma has tapped out quite yet, nor should they. And I'm kind of surprised. Here. I was looking at the top guys in the portal, and they don't even have them like in the top 15. I don't know if they've updated their portal rankings. Who am I using here on three in their transfer portal updates? But maybe it's because he's a young player. But that's a former what top 100 recruit. Probably going to be a future first-round pick. And, and I want to add this real quick before we break. I I hope they make this work because he is an awesome, awesome interview. I was going to say speaker, but that sounded – he's an awesome speaker, man. He's a good interviewer. All right, quick break. 
Kane Green situation. You guys have reactions and thoughts. We'll get to it. Plus, the SEC schedule is dropping tonight. 405-651-3439. Jump in here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's the ref. Uh, it's the Plank Show on the ref. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks to KJ Kindler for joining us. If you missed it, Connor uh, podcasts the program as soon as we're done. And we talk a lot about the portal. Obviously, our portal updates here on the ref are brought to you by the good people at Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Uh, we It's still kind of funny that they haven't added the extra number onto my read here. It has Brent's number at 405-831-822. We used to have a host, and, I've, and, I've, and there's a lot of people that still do this in radio if you listen. When they give you a website, they'll still say the WWW in front of it for some reason. And we used to have a host that would say, check us out at WW dot. I'm like, what? what? But uh, Swiftco Roofing and Construction, 405-831-8222. Brent Swift will come personally look at your home. So more portal talk coming up in 20 minutes. To the, I, I will say, I just looked at my schedule that I had that I'm going to unveil at 1015 this morning, or at least in our second segment of the 10 a.m. hour, as to how I want the Oklahoma schedule to look in 2023 or 2024. I think I got it figured out, dude. Got I think I, I think I've, I feel really, really good about it. I feel really good about it. Now, I will admit, there is that stretch to wrap the season. That is something else. It is something else. But, but, I feel like I've done a good job in spacing out the home games versus the road trips versus the neutral site versus where to put the main game. And by the main game, I don't mean the keeping the main thing the main thing. I mean the showdown with the main Black Bears. I'm just hoping nothing else gets leaked before. No, the time I, I'm going to tell you guys something. I did this yesterday because I was I was trying to go off a little bit, blow off some steam. And friend of the program, maybe the second highest ranking officer, hey, now behind Stutzman, my buddy Robbie DeRossett texted me and said, the Caden Green news hurts. And I looked at my phone. I was like, what? And it ruined the rest of the round. That's my excuse. So I'm staying off Twitter today. I'm just, I'm putting the phone down. If you need to get me, I tried about 7 o'clock tonight after this is all done. I want to be surprised by it. But we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. The big topic on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is probably what everyone anticipated, and that is the Caden Greed story. I would also like to add, we appreciate all the texts. I try to get to as many as we can, even the haters. But 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. You can also hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. This is Brazilian Sooner. I like this one. With the portal the way it is and the money-hungry, corrupted system of college football now, it's hard to root or be a fan anymore. But, hey, the vultures and leeches who feed off that stuff love it. At least the NFL has rules and guidelines. Not bitter, but sad to see the once again great college sport get to what it is now. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit at the top part. I mean, because it's kind of similar. I'm hoping it doesn't turn into college basketball because, you know, with college basketball, there's a chance you'll have a new starting five, it feels like, every single year uh, on your team. Now in college football, I mean, you're lucky to get a player to stay for more than two years, it feels like. Um, Can I just – Brazilian Sooner, I really like you. So when I say this, I don't want you to take anything personally. I'm trying to couch everything. I think Honolulu Sooner is still mad at me. But I'm just – I'm trying to couch everything here. Are you surprised by any of this? I mean, when – when we got to NIL, and I'm not complaining. I want every player to get paid what they deserve in every sport. But to me, I just – once we reached the NIL side of it, I, I had never heard of a collective before, but it didn't surprise me whenever something that could be viewed as donor-based was a way to develop revenue for these players that didn't involve a lot of work. So I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all. And honestly, I'm not disappointed either. I think it's fine. It's it sucks because it's such a different way to view college football. I'm with I'm with Team Toby. I wish we could find a way, and maybe the twelve team playoff is this. I I hope we can find a way to where we're not having all this portal stuff and and all this craziness in the middle of bowl season. I mean, it's just everyone that's like we've got to protect the regular season. I'm like I agree, but you sure as you know what don't give two you know what you sure as heck don't give two flips. There's my family-friendly way about once the the postseason hits uh but no I, I I agree well yeah and this is taken away of bowl season that we're getting ready for but I completely agree with you and the yeah what Toby mentioned earlier in the show uh large William adds to Steve Braun's take the Caden Green thing is all your fault plank you jeeks did by saying how lucky we were so far in the portal yesterday yeah I mean listen whenever Whenever Dylan Gabriel enters in that weekend, you have a slew of guys from Savion Bird to Reggie Grimes, who, by the way, Grimes officially went in the portal yesterday. Key Lawrence, Marcus Major, and Dalen Smothers. Whenever whenever I saw that the only addition from over the weekend was Kelvin Gilliam, yeah, I was kind of getting a little excited. So I think I think you are right to call me out. Well, then after Billy and Danny Stutzman staying we were like okay I don't think Oklahoma's gonna lose another guy in the portal a guy that played a lot of football for OU this year here's a 731 I think the issue is where this situation currently stands Caden and his family have gone radio silent even Parker isn't getting much information at the moment I, I would just be curious how much information they're giving the coaching staff then Maybe they've gone radio silent with our guys, but they're still communicating with the coaching staff. I don't know. But to say they've gone radio silent with insiders and reporters, yeah, that's a that's a bit that's a cause for a concern to me. Well, and I think someone mentioned that Caden Green's dad, I think, deleted some of his social media right after the announcement of Caden Green to the portal. Oh, did he? Yeah. Why? Why would? How do people know where Caden Green's dad I don't is? Know. On I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, was he very active? Like, if if so, for, I'll give you an example. One of my favorite, I'll, I'll use him because I don't think Nasio would mind. If Nasio Jennings suddenly Tra's dad, something happened involving Tra say, entering the portal or something of that nature. I'm just using this as a hypothetical. Please don't freak out. 
and Nacio deleted all of his Twitter stuff, then I'd be like, okay, what's going on here? What's what's happening? Like, Caden Green's dad, I mean, no offense, dude, but I, I mean, let's go. I mean, okay. Let's find out what's going on with your son. I, I wish the best for him. Hope he ends up back in Oklahoma. But it's not one of those where I'm like, oh, my gosh, how dare he? Maybe he just doesn't want to hear you guys chirping at him while they do <laughs> <Exactly>. this. <laughs> oh, this is really good. Let's get a break. Let's uh, di- let's get some more good texts in here. We're reacting to the Caden Green move to the portal tonight. We get our full SEC schedule. I'm gonna. I've got my schedule that I've put together that we're gonna learn coming up at a quarter after the ten o'clock hour, and then all of our portal news at ten a.m. Brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction, right here on the Ref. Uh, the 678, just popping a couple of topics here quickly off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line before we get to our portal update to start the 10 a.m. hour. Texas A&M and LSU writes the 678, we're rivalry weekend. Texas versus Texas A&M has been announced for 2024 rivalry weekend. It's going to be OU and Baton Rouge. Jeez, I thought all the stubborn people were in Missouri. But, okay, let, let me counter this. First of all, it, it, Texas, Texas A&M is going to be Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. They haven't officially announced that yet. That wasn't one of the games that they announced. So I'm not trying to be literal, Chris, but everyone assumes it's going to happen because the Texas-Texas A&M or the Texas A&M-LSU game has already been announced for a different date. They announced Texas A&M-LSU, uh, which had been on that Thanksgiving weekend is earlier in the season. Here's a couple of other things. The SEC has been constantly trying to find something for LSU on Thanksgiving weekend. Right, there had been uh, they did Arkansas for the longest time. LSU and Arkansas was a thing. Then Texas A and M was. But if you're in the one seven scheduling format, you're not going to see A and M every single year. Now, if you get to nine, even if you do the the three permanent and the six rotating, LSU isn't in that list of permanent potential opponents for Oklahoma, right? So I don't know. I don't know if it's that obvious and that cut and dry. I I do think that there's a really good chance that even though Missouri and Arkansas have had something here on championship Thanksgiving weekend, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it is Missouri. It really wouldn't. and Because Missouri would be something that if inevitably that happens and they go to nine, that's a team that's currently set to be on Oklahoma's schedule every single year, right? So, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that would make a pretty good Thanksgiving weekend, especially if if Missouri, I mean, continues to – if they have a season next year like they are having this year, it would be fun. And remember, uh, Ole Miss allegedly – here's what we know going into tonight, just – just real real quick, and thank you for the text, man. I love it whenever people get in on scheduling talk. I'm a nerd for it. We know the three non-conference dates. We know September 21st is going to be against Tennessee. We know November 23rd is going to be against Alabama. And we know, apparently, that Ole Miss is going to be on October 26th. That's what we know. And then Tarion Edmond writes, Is anyone else concerned with the loss of offensive linemen? With the loss of Matoyer, Rouse, Guyton, Rain, and Bird, we are very vulnerable in the bowl game and going into the SEC next season. I'm concerned for Jackson and the success of our running game as we have very little to no experience on the offensive line. Uh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> Preach. Yeah. 
absolutely. I mean, you lose every single starter on the offensive line from this year. I mean, Sexton started last a few year. games, last yeah. two games. But, man, other than that, everyone's gone. So, am I concerned about it? You bet. But, I mean, they're going to hit the portal. They already have with Sheldon Green at one at one tackle spot. I think Jacob Sexton has shown he can play the other. You know, that Joshua Bates or Troy Everett at center. Bates a true freshman. I, I think through what everyone was reporting yesterday that he was taking a majority of the reps at center. And then – Let's see someone step up on the interior. You got two great opportunities. Names like Jake Taylor that have been here for a while. You know, maybe uh Did you mention Spencer Brown? Yeah, I mentioned Spencer State? Brown, okay. yeah, at one tackle. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a year of turnover. But I'm also not somebody who's given it's a it's a fair question, Terry and Edmund, and I think there should be concern. But I'm also a firm believer that it ain't finished yet with Caden Green. That's just me. Quick break. When we come back, all right, what else in the portal? What else do we need to know? It's our daily update from the college football portal next on The Ref.